A reading from the Book of Wisdom. Before the Lord, the whole universe is as a grain from a balance, or a drop of morning dew come down upon the earth. But you have mercy on all, because you can do all things, and you overlook people's sins that they may repent. For you love all things that are, and loathe nothing that you have made. For what you, for what you hated, you would not have fashioned. And how could a thing remain unless you willed it? Be preserved, had it not been called forth by you. But you spare all things because they are yours, O Lord and lover of souls. For your imperishable spirit is in all things. Therefore you rebuke offenders little by little, warn them, and remind them of the sins they are committing, that they may abandon their wickedness and believe in you, O Lord. Verbum Domini.
A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and powerfully bring to fulfillment every good purpose and every effort of faith that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him in accord with the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. We ask you, brothers and sisters, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our assembling with him, not to be shaken out of your mind suddenly or to be alarmed either by a spirit or by an oral statement or by a letter allegedly from us to the effect that the day of the Lord is at hand. Verbum Domini. Dominus Pobiscum. <coughs> Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Lucam. At that time, Jesus came to Jericho and intended to pass through the town. Now a man there named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector and also a wealthy man, was seeking to see who Jesus was. But he could not see him because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. 
when he reached the place, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. And he came down quickly and received him with joy. When they all saw this, they began to grumble, saying, He has gone to stay at the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a descendant of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. Verbum Domini. God's mercy is truly amazing. His mercy is truly incomprehensible. Our mercy toward each other is really nothing compares to the mercy of God toward us, toward mankind. Our mercy tends to have limit. We try to keep on being merciful to our neighbors when they hurt us, when they injured us. We try this in some ways. But you and I know that we get tired in forgiving. Forgiving our husband, forgiving our wife, forgiving our parents, forgiving our children. We do get tired. We ought, we know, because this is something that the Lord taught us, we ought to keep on being merciful toward them, toward others. We ought to keep on being merciful toward anyone who hurt us. Reality is that we are fallen human beings that we tend to have limits in everything we do. God's mercy, on the other hand, never has limits. The scripture readings reveal this truth for us today. First reading from the book of Wisdom uh, praises God's mercy. It said, speaking to God, praying to God, you have mercy on all. You overlook people's sins. Not because, not to be tended to, but for the purpose that they may repent. You overlook people's sins that they may repent. You love all things that are and loathe nothing that you have made. You spare all things 
because they are yours, O Lord, and lover of souls. You rebuke offenders little by little. You rebuke offenders little by little, warn them and remind them of the sins they are committing, that they may abandon their wickedness and believe in you, O Lord. That's a beautiful passage, beautiful, really worth pondering, meditating, praying about this with the Lord, talking about it with Him in prayer today and this week and for the rest of our lives. God truly have mercy on all. He truly overlooked at our sins. Again, not because he just simply wanted to ignore it and he want us to ignore it. No. But for the purpose that we would repent. He truly overlooked at our sins that we may repent. And when we are in sin or when we are in rebellion or when we are not surrendering to the Lord's providence, as the book of wisdom tells us, that he truly rebuke offenders little by little. Little by little. Warn us, remind us of what we're doing so that we may abandon our wickedness and believe and trust in him. And the gospel, beautiful passage, the gospel illustrates God's mercy in action toward one particular individual. This short guy named Zacchaeus. In the figure of Zacchaeus, we have a portrait of a lost soul. He is a tax collector. So by profession, Zacchaeus is a sinner. By profession, he is excluded from Israel's religious life. And not only that, not only is he a, a tax collector, but he is a chief tax collector. Worse still, he is a rich man who has apparently gained his living by fraud. Again, tax collector, chief tax collector. And he apparently has some sort of conversion and God waited on him. He waited and waited and waited for his turning around and repenting for his actions and behaviors. Who knows how long he waited. And Zacchaeus never seen Jesus before. He must have heard something about our Lord. And sometimes we wonder, I wondered this morning when I was preparing this homily, I wonder who must, have, who must have initially told Zacchaeus about our Lord. Somebody have got to tell him about it, otherwise he would not be seeking after our Lord. Was it one of the apostles? Was it one of the holy women following our Lord? Was it Our Lady? We don't know. We don't know at this time. Regardless, someone must have told him about Jesus to the point that Zacchaeus want to see our Lord. As St. Luke tells us in the gospel, he was seeking to see who Jesus was. He never saw him. 
He was seeking to see who Jesus was, but he could not see him because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. <coughs> Zacchaeus, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Zacchaeus is a man who doesn't quit easily. Just because he's short, just because everyone is blocking him, he ran ahead of everybody. Probably good in sprint. He ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree so he can see our Lord. <clears throat> and imagine for a moment that we are Zacchaeus. You're Zacchaeus. Imagine for a moment we've never seen our Lord before. We made an attempt to see, but we couldn't see. So, overcoming our own obstacle, we made a great effort. We'd run and we climb. Then our Lord came by and looked up at Zacchaeus, looked up at us on the tree. We're on the tree looking, everybody passing by. And then somebody look up at us and then say our own name, which happened to be our Lord himself. Again, at this time, we don't, we don't know who he was. Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. This is the voice who we've been wanting to see. This is the person who we've been wanting to see. And not only we get to see, but this person actually speak to us in a personal manner, knowing our own name. Imagine that. I would be wondering, he knows my name. He knows my name. How did he know my name? Does he know my, what kind of house I have? Does he know me? Does he know my background, my profession? I'm a tax collector. I'm a chief tax collector. Does he know I'm a sinner? He wants to stay with me overnight at my house? I'd be excited. I would be amazed. And this is what happened. Again, someone I've been wanting to see, someone I've been hearing so many awesome things about, and here he is calling my name, wanting to stay with me, wanting to stay with you. And this is what happened to Zacchaeus. St. Luke tells us he came down quickly and received him with joy. He was excited. Then in his house, while the others are judging our Lord, Zacchaeus announced to him, half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor. He started to call Jesus Lord. Not Jesus, not just somebody, but Lord. No one can call him Lord except one who has God's spirit within him. He's planning to give half of what he has to the poor. And then he planned to make restitution. He planned to make up for mistakes he made. Lord, if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it 
not just one time over, two times over, three times over, four times over. Four times over. That's conversion. That's Zacchaeus' heart turning toward God. His heart is repenting. He manifested his faith upon our Lord. He manifested his conversion. He manifested his willing to do what the Lord wills him to do. Remember also, uh, Zacchaeus is a wealthy man. We're told in the beginning, he's a wealthy man. He's a rich man. Remember also the story of the young rich man. Remember how the Lord encountered this young rich man who wanted to know what is, he called the Lord good. He, he wants to know how to gain eternal life. Told him to keep the commandments. Oh, I've done all that. I've been doing that. I've been good. I've been keeping the commandments. And then the Lord said, one thing you must do. Sell all the things you have and give to the poor and follow me. That, unfortunately, young man had so much possession that he's not willing to let it go, that he's not willing to sell them and give to the poor. And he went away from the Lord and went away sad. Went away sad. Zacchaeus, on the other hand, willing to let, let some things go and willing to pay back fourfold whatever he had done wrong to anyone. And so Zacchaeus is a very happy soul that he has the Lord under the same roof as he. God is truly amazingly merciful. Incomprehensible truly is his divine mercy. And imagine for a moment Imagine if God waited, if God waited until Zacchaeus converted and then he see him and then visit him. That may never happen. His presence likely brought Zacchaeus to his own conversion from the dark into the light. Imagine if God waited on us until we have fully converted, until we have fully become holy. Imagine if he waited, we would never met him. We would never see him. We would never make it. We would be a long time ago doomed to death. God is truly the lover of our souls. He loves us and no one, not even the best perfect husband, the best perfect wife, the best perfect boyfriend, girlfriend, not the best perfect grandma or grandpa, whoever we considered best and our model, our inspiration, no matter how perfect they seem, they seem to be, no one, no one, can ever outdo God's love for us. Literally, literally, no one. It's hard for us to imagine and 
But this is something we believe. This is something that we've been taught. This is something that God revealed. The Lord is, as the Book of Wisdom tells us, lover of souls. Any earthly experience of being loved is amazing that actually can keep our minds and our hearts and souls so much at peace, so much happiness, so much joy, that it actually changed the way one behaves. Archbishop uh, Fulton Sheen had given an illustration to a group of priests uh, when he was giving them retreat. Illustration about a little boy. Illustration about a little boy whose parents had a hard time disciplining because everything they ask of him, he just don't respond. He just don't do. He would not make up his bed. He would not clean his room. He would not comb his hair. He would not close the doors gently but always slamming them. He would not talk. One morning, one morning, the father was at breakfast table and noticing his little boy came down, combed his hair, all looked clean. And later on, he realized that the room was even clean. He didn't shut, he didn't slam the door loudly as he was going down. And he was talking, he was saying, good morning, dad. And then he left the door, again, without slamming the door, just gently closing the door. So he was a bit puzzled, so he asked his wife, honey, what happened to him? He's in love with Susie. He's in love with little Susie. So this little boy changed his behavior because he's in love. And that's what typical what happened. Our behavior changed when we're in love. And so you and I have to make ourselves more present to the Lord's present. He is in love with us. We just often don't know it. We just often don't realize it. We're not in love with him oftentimes. We're not responding to his love. And so we do what we do. When we're not in love with him, we do what we do. But when we're in love with him, we do what he wants us to do. You and I have to make ourselves more present to the Lord's presence. And I don't mean just in the chapel. I don't mean just in adoration. I mean everywhere we go, everywhere, wherever we're at, we try to make ourselves more present to him who is always present to us. He's manifesting his love every day and every moment, but we're not getting it. I'm not getting it. You're not getting it. We're so caught up at the superficial love that's being offered to us, this, this love by the flesh, this superficial love by the world, by the devil, we tend to want the fake love. We, we somehow, we like the sugar-coated love, the fake love versus the authentic, genuine, lasting, permanent love of God. 
He's in love with us. He is the lover of souls. He is our lover. And our love for God should be concretized by our love for neighbor because the same degree of love we have for our neighbors is the same degree of love we have for God. The more we love our neighbor, the more we love God. The more we love our God, the more we love our neighbor. That's how it should happen. We can manifest our love for our neighbor by being kind, by being patient, by being merciful, being loving and truthful, by being ultimately like God because he has made us in his image and in his likeness. And finally, our neighbors aren't only those we see with our own eyes. Our neighbors aren't only those we see with our own eyes. Our neighbors include those poor suffering souls, poor suffering souls in purgatory. This month of November, the month of poor souls, remember them, be kind to them. Be kind to them, be merciful to them, be generous for them. Be generous <clears throat> with your prayers and your sacrifices. Be super generous for them by assisting at Mass extra on their behalf. Let them praise the mercy of God in their suffering because we are assisting them until they get to heaven. And they will really assist us in a mighty way while we are journeying our way to God and to our eternal home. Again, God is constantly, every moment, every day, constantly trying to manifest his love for us. But you and I, we get so distracted, we get so busy, we get so whatever, that we don't grasp it, that we don't encounter him. And so we ask the Lord for it for his mercy, we ask the Lord for his grace that we would be more present to him so that we would know how much he truly, deeply care and love us.